Hi there, it's Adrienne. Before we get started, I just wanted to quickly jump in and let you know that during this episode with Alex, we do very briefly touch on um, issues around mental health, including suicide. So if this is not the episode for you today, please feel free to skip and come back to it another time or just leave it um, off your podcast playlist. I just want to give you that quick heads up before we get started. And please remember that Lifeline is always there 365 days a year, 24 hours a day on 13, 11, 14. Thank you so much for listening. Here's Alex. Welcome to the Bold Platform Podcast. My name is Adrian, and I am the creator and host of the podcast. Um, the podcast, the Bold Platform, was created in early 2019 by myself, and I guess it is a way um, for me to share stories of women and girls from around the country who are working on really amazing projects, hobbies, businesses, social enterprises, or full organizations um, that are somehow benefiting a community group, um, a member of our society that might need a little bit of an extra hand. And they're providing, you know, maybe a service, a support or a product to that group. Um, So that's a little bit about the podcast. If this is the first time that you've listened to one of the episodes, thank you so much for supporting um, the the podcast and the stories that we share. And if you've, um, if you have listened before, I hope you've been enjoying it. And I'm sure today will be no exception as today I am joined by Alex from Spark Productions. Welcome, Alex. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, Tell us about Spark Productions. Yeah. So where do I start? (laughs) Um, Basically, we're a dance company for young people. So I started it when I was 18. I'm 21 now, so not long ago. Um, And we're a nonprofit and our goal is to just let young people basically be the directors of new dance works and be sort of at the helm of leadership of works that we create. Um, And, yeah, so we started it in 2016 and started very small with a small cast and we did a show, we did like a version of The Nutcracker as our first work, right. <laughs> which we try not to think of our first year. That was a bit of a weird year for us. <laughs> but then the next couple of years, we sort of built momentum and we've started making now like 90 minutes full length works, like contemporary dance works. Um, and some of those have orchestras as well. And they're full 45 piece professional orchestras. Wow. Um, and yeah, so we're all about youth, all about giving kids and teenagers a go at sort of having their voice heard and I guess that comes a lot from me being a young person as well and um, just wanting to get out there and have a go. That's so fantastic. Can I ask um, the age group that the um, that the company supports? Yeah, so we've, we have kids from age 7 to 25 mm-hmm. and this year we're around the like age 9 to 22 mark with the ages. Okay. So, okay. yeah. And where do the majority of your students find you or or come to be students of Spark Productions? So we actually don't call them students, first of all. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because everyone everyone calls us a dance school, but we're actually a dance company, which is slightly different. Okay. Uh, So we we don't do like classes. We don't like offer them tuition. We do rehearsals on the weekends. And so our rule is that all of the kids have to already be enrolled in a dance school and already like learning dance. Yeah. So it's like an extension opportunity kind Mm. of thing. So. We basically get them from, so we're based on the Mornington Peninsula um, 
and which is we, in Victoria. Yes, in Victoria, yep. and we just get them all from the local dance schools, and they come and join us. And we have auditions at the start of each year as well, so um, we kind of build up a group of kids from that. Okay, fantastic. So you just refer to them as dancers as opposed to students, yeah, because it's or not artists, nice. even. <laughs> wow. Well, I stand corrected. That's really, it's really, um, no, it's great to be educated on, I guess, the difference, not coming from a dance background. It's really mm. um, interesting to me to, yeah, obviously understand the, the difference between the school and then obviously the schools are feeding um, dancers and artists into your production company. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of also a platform for like, I mean, not every kid we have dance with us is going to be like a professional dancer, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's kind of good for those kids to have experience if they do want to do that, you know, in a theatre company and working with professionals that we work with in the theatres and we have lighting designers, set designers, like all these sorts of things. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then for the kids that aren't, you know, going to become professional ballerinas with the Australian Ballet um you know they're getting experience working in a group and like they get to see all the behind the scenes of the arts and hopefully then support the arts when they're older so yeah and it might be that they choose to go down a different path right if Mm -hmm, exactly in terms of the set design or the lighting or the costume and things like that and that's actually the other thing that we do is like we're totally run by youth, like that's mm-hmm. kind of the concept. So mm-hmm. um, all of those like creative roles are filled by young people. So we right. have like lighting design, uh, set design, oh God, what else, orchestra manager, like stage management, photography, videography, all the sort of stuff that's related to a show we give to young people under 25 and it's sort of like they are volunteering but they're Mm. learning so much on the job and we connect them with professionals as well so they're able to you know learn off them and like be mentored and it's this really nice way for them to get a foot in the door you know what I mean yeah yeah absolutely and we're talking a little bit about that um before we started recording that um that whole thing of needing to get exposure but you can't get Mm. exposure sometimes if you haven't had previous exposure and and we use that um you know example of work experience and and getting jobs when you don't have the experience but you you know it's kind of a catch-22 right and so Mm -hmm. it sounds like you're giving that opportunity to some of these young artists to get a foot in the door and to build up their work experience to then Mm -hmm. help in the future yeah exactly and I find like (laughs) I'm the kind of person that doesn't really think before they do things I just sort of do (laughs) it good how's that working (laughs) Look, sometimes it works, but like, and I'll just sort of figure out the details later. I'll just be like, yes, that's a good idea. Let's do it. Which sometimes like, I feel like in society, you need those people to be the ones that are starting ideas and actually brave enough to do them. And like, cause there are so many people that I work with that are like, oh, I love this. You know, like I, I've always wanted to take photos for a company like this, or I've always wanted to choreograph for, for a company like this. And maybe just weren't I guess, you know, brave enough themselves to just take that first step and they just needed somebody to give them that little platform up. Mm -hmm. And from there, you know, they're able to see that they can do all these amazing things. And we've had choreographers come through our company that are young people and all these people that have found their passions through Spark, which is just amazing that I think, you know, it's been an awesome way to impact young people. Oh, absolutely. And I think you're right in terms of, you know, any business or any project, social enterprise 
you know, community group, whatever it is, any business of any fact needs that mix between people that are like, I've got this idea, let's just go ahead and do it. And then you need those people going, okay, well, let's work out the details. How is this going to work? How does this, mm-hmm. you know, logistically how it's going to work? Do you have someone like that is that person for you or a group of people in the <laughs> company? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mum is actually an amazing supporter. She's an accountant. So she's like, because we're uh, a nonprofit, so she's our treasurer, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I've got we've got the only paid like person in the company, um, like a regular employee is my assistant and she is amazing. Like mm-hmm. she's she's like my angel, like oh my god. Cause I'm yeah, What's I'm actually that one that's her name's Alicia. Alicia. Um I'm like the one that's floating away, like, oh look at those ideas, let's do all of them. Just like, okay, come back. <laughs> let's just do a couple of these. Back to like, earth. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really good to have that. But yeah, yeah. she's amazing. Okay, so you're 18, you thought, you know what, guys, I'm going to start a production company. How did that even come about in your head? Like was there a certain like situation that came about where you thought, I think I could, I want to do this myself or was it something that was building over time? Like how did it all get started? Yeah, well, I mean, I've been dancing since I was two. So <laughs> um, it's always sort of been like my life and, and music as well. Like I've mm-hmm. like always I've played flute my whole life and I've always loved music and just the arts is basically I just knew I'd end up somewhere in the arts. Mm. And like in high school, I did a lot of like choreographing for little groups and I used to teach as well and do little groups of choreography there and um there's this festival called Wacky Kiri. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's yes. amazing. I've been, I've watched it. I've got 12 oh, really? nieces and nephews. <laughs> I don't have children myself, but I've got 12 nieces and nephews. And Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I'm uh, like obsessed with them. They're all just perfect. But that, that's not a total side note. They um they performed in it. It was up here in Newcastle. and Oh, wow. Um, yeah, they performed um, for their school. Well, yeah, it's an amazing festival. It's like basically it's like a story dance festival and you like create your own dance piece that tells a story. Mm. And so in high school when I was in year 11, our school like introduced that and they just sort of started the high school rounds of that. And I sort of put my hand up and said, yep, I'll choreograph. And me and my friend Sophie, we both did it together. And like I just remember this moment because like you're in charge of like choreographing the story like costume set everything like that's Mm. up to the kids to do and I just literally remember the night before you performed standing in front of the group at the rehearsals like almost crying being like oh my god if I had a dance company this is what I'd want to do like this is it this is the thing yeah and like it was just I seriously remember that so well and there's like you know everyone talks about like a moment where they realize what they want to do like that was it (laughs) yeah and like we performed and I loved it and like we did it again the next year and that Mm -hmm. one we like our performance that we did was like really deep and it had so much meaning in it and um, like it was about the holocaust and like mm-hmm. about um like people not realizing that similar things happen today and like all this stuff and it, like it just made me realize that like oh you can also get really important social messages out through these sorts of things and it's like it's an amazing way for me to say things without actually having to say them if you know what I mean yeah. like through art and well, you're kind of getting people through the door, not under 
you know, an, a, another agenda, but for mm. something else. And then you yeah. come away actually either having learned something about a topic you didn't know, maybe having your ideas challenged a little bit about a subject that you thought you knew and had an opinion on. It's another way to get your message out, as you said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that's like that year I was like, yeah, this is it. And I remember like even going to the director on stage after like crying, being like, oh my God, I love Wakakiri. Like it was just <laughs> so good. But um, right. they that was an amazing experience. And then after that, I sort of, when I left school, I got a bit bored, I guess. And I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to start my own thing. <laughs> Cause mm. I mean, the best way to have something done your way is to just do it yourself, you know, and Right. that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. And so when you finished school, did you, did you have some other plan that you were sort of like, did you start working? Did you go to university? Did you keep dancing? What were you doing when you said, oh, I kind of felt a bit bored? Um, I, well, I mean, it was literally school holidays, like when I came up with the company, oh, so I didn't give myself didn't much time, <laughs> no, but, um, my, like initially I was going to go to uni and study dance, but, mm-hmm. um, and I did do that for two years. I went to Deakin uni, mm-hmm. um, but I honestly, I didn't really know. And I think that was kind of where I was a bit like, oh, I've got to do something. Like I can't mm-hmm. sit still and do nothing. I always have to be doing things. And Um, like I just had all these ideas and I thought, let's just put them all into one sort of thing. You know, all of my talents and skills, let's put it all into one box and see what we can do. And yeah. So yeah, I did go to uni though. Um, and then just found that it wasn't really for me. It wasn't really Mm -hmm. what I was looking for. And especially like as a, um, as a choreographer slash, I guess I'm more in the business side of dance now Mm. a lot too. And they didn't really cover that in the course. Like it was more for if you wanted to actually be a dancer or a dance teacher. And those are things that I don't really want to do. Right. Um, And yeah, and I did actually, I auditioned for the College of the Arts as well and didn't get into that. But I mean, I always kind of thank God for that because if that had happened, none of this would exist. So yeah, yeah. we can kind of see now that it kind of led to something else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I found that dance, I didn't really want to be a dancer per se. Like I, I kind of like doing lots of different things and not just restraining myself to just one thing. But, yeah, so, I mean, there was lots of plans, but <laughs> I went with that one. Yeah, and is the lifespan of a dancer, and I'm not talking about life life, but in terms of a mm. career of a dancer, mm-hmm. what does that look like having, you know, not as I said, not not having anything to do with dance growing up? What does that look like in terms of the length of a, a dancer's or a career? Mm, it kind of depends like what kind of dancer you are. Mm-hmm. Like most professional ballerinas would dance maybe up till age of 40 max and then would sort of retire and do something else. And usually wow. that's like teaching or choreographing or like directing or something like that. Yeah. Um, but a lot of dancers like don't even make it that far. You know, they get to 30 and go, oh, yep, I've had, you know, 15 years professionally, like time for something else. And mm. um, and that's the other thing too because I, I love choreographing as well, but usually the pathway for a choreographer is to be a dancer first and to sort of have that like 15 years of dancing and then go to become a choreographer. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, it's kind of different for – contemporary dance like the contemporary dance world is very different to the ballet world and I sort of I don't even really know where I sit I kind of think I sit in between because the dance works that we do are I would say that they read like a ballet like you'd Mm -hmm. go to a ballet and it's the same way that a story is told but the movements are more contemporary dance so I don't know whether you call that contemporary ballet or 
I don't know. It's just my own sort of style. But well, how good is that? You don't have to call it anything, right? It's that your is company. true. You can, you can make up your own genre for for all of that matters. That is very true. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, a contemporary dancer, like most of them, create their own works anyway. But then as right. a ballet dancer, it's very like you should probably have been a ballet dancer before and like all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, I'm breaking a lot of those uh, stereotypes. Which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but. You know, I'm well, here. I think it's just your thing. I don't think <laughs> it, it has is, to be yeah. either, right? It's working for you. Exactly. You're happy with it. So as long as you're happy with it, don't, don't worry. Exactly. <laughs> don't worry <laughs> right, wrong or the other, because it's right for you. And that's really all that matters. Mm. And that's hard. Like you got to keep telling yourself that like in any industry, if you're doing something a bit different, like yep. sometimes you're like, oh, done it all wrong. You know, everyone's looking at me like, oh my God, everyone hates me. Like, mm. and then sometimes you have days where you're just like, nah. I've got all of this. It's all working. Like I've yeah. got this, you know. And you know <laughs> what? On, on both those days, probably no one's looking at you and everyone's too worried about you looking at them. We're all just exactly. walking around thinking that everyone's <laughs> judging us or looking at us. And yeah, sure, maybe people are, but I'm sure most people are probably too busy worrying about how they're being perceived or how their work is being perceived. So, and exactly, you know, we can't make everybody happy. We're not chocolate, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> That is true. true. So when you just went in the school holidays, right, this is what I think I'm going to do. Then what did you talk to your, like your, your mom, you mentioned your mum before. Did you talk to your friends, some dance? Mm. that Well, I I talked to my mum first and she kind of looked at me and went, why? (laughs) Sort of like, I don't know if I want to be involved. (laughs) And so she, she's still like that, but like, Um, but like after that, I, cause we sort of decided, I mean, originally the company was just going to be a dance company and not anything to do with youth really. And then I sort of went, no, actually, I think this would be good if I had other young people learning beside me, because it was not like I was going to go into it and just know everything. Like I was going to make mistakes. Like I knew I was like, this is going to be such a learning process. Like, Mm. oh my gosh, little did I know. Like, (laughs) um, but you know, I thought it'd be better to have young people with me that can also make mistakes with me and learn alongside me rather than having adults just thinking I'm wasting their time all the time, you know, like make it worth it for those other people. So like I originally, I found a whole bunch of literally just my friends who were in the arts and went, want to help? Like, let's do it. And had quite a few of them jump on board and Mm. same with the dancers. Like a few of the dancers were my friends as well. And um, like local dance schools were were helping and I sort of just jumped on board with all of them and got everyone involved that I could mm. <laughs> against their will. No. Yeah, right. Uh, and, yeah, from there I sort of just started making connections through there and that's how we've gotten people now. So, mm. yeah. And so you decided on a name, you started sort of looking at a website or a logo or what What the, What were those sort of first, um, I guess, like real tangible things that you decided? Mm. Did you kind of go, okay, well, this is how much money we're going to need to get this thing up and running? Yeah, uh, we definitely decided first that it needed to be non-profit because mm-hmm. it was like an arts organisation and like it's just so impossible to cover anything in the arts just from pure like profiting like Mm -hmm. it's just so hard to do so we were like yep we're going to need donations we're going to need sponsors um and then obviously the first thing was the name oh my gosh that took me such a long time (laughs) I still oh it did like I still have the pages and pages of notes that I wrote like I literally wrote down every single word that I could think of and like, I remember it, I was in the shower. That's the best thinking spot ever and thought yes. of the name Spark <laughs> and like the name Spark, because 
I like I re- it's so cheesy but like because I remembered that point when I was in Wakakiri and thought you know that's it like I wanted to create those moments for other people mm-hmm. and I, I always mm-hmm. love names that have meanings behind them and have like yeah. some sort of significance to it and I love hearing stories about people's business names as well so mm-hmm. I thought that's a good name and yeah. we went with that. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so you decided on the name. You started asking some people around, um, you know, that could be involved. How to get started? You obviously sought guidance from your mom, and obviously she's sort of coming from more of a, a business background um, mm. in terms of her accounting accounting space. And then it was sort of just all systems go from there. Pretty much, yeah. Like the first thing we had to do was get auditions up and running. And so like, I, I mean, I'm, I wasn't too good back then, but I like make my own websites and all that sort of stuff. I love graphic design and everything. So I kind of just did all that myself and um, like made a website and um, set up the auditions. And we had our first audition date. Actually, no, before that was our information night. And oh my goodness, I was an emotional mess because I thought like, nobody's coming to this. Like, this is the worst. Why am I doing this? And like, we did it at our local Salvation Army because we had like a contact there and we could use like their hall. So we did it there. And I literally remember I was sitting out in the foyer, like crying before it started because I was so worried that no one was going to show up. (laughs) But like, turns out people did show up and it worked. But oh my goodness, like, the self-doubt was real yeah but, um, after that we had our auditions and we did two audition dates and they were really good so we had a couple of like local dance teachers help us with that which was mm-hmm. amazing like so good to have that support from people who were like you know professionals in that industry early on because you know they sort of help you give that leg up that you just need so that was awesome um and yeah then we started preparing for our first show which we actually now thinking about it, we had such a huge lead up time to that. Like I think we started rehearsals in like April or something or May and the show wasn't until like September. So mm. like it was pretty big. Whereas now we're starting rehearsals late June and the show's in September. So right, like it, things have changed since then. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's kind of where we went with that. Yeah. Okay. And tell me about some of the young artists and young dancers that have come through um, to either, you know, just rehearse or that are now part of the show. Are there any, you know, of those students that really stand out for you that go, you know, this person, this is exactly why I, d- why I do this and I, you know, don't sleep and I worry mm-hmm. and all of that. Are there some of those people that really stand out for you that make you just so glad that you, that you did create spark productions oh honestly like all of them (laughs) like I like I get so emotional talking about them because like the kids are every time like you know I could be having the worst week like with admin and like I'm not the most organized person so I'm usually running around stressed and Mm -hmm. not you know knowing what I'm doing but then it's always like I get to the studio and those kids are there and they have like the funniest stories and they just make me laugh and they're so welcoming and the best part about spark honestly like after our first year I will never forget this one Instagram post that one of the dancers made and it it, she wrote in it like she wrote all this stuff about the show and how good it was and then like at the end she wrote I can't believe we actually did it like and she wrote it like as if she was part of making it happen not as if you know she was just thanking the older people for making it happen like she wrote it as if she was part of that and I was like the ownership of it yes yes and I loved that I was like oh that's so good like because, you know, with like a um, non-profit or something that has like a purpose that's, you know, bigger than other things, you, you want 
you really want your people to believe in what you're doing and like it's so hard to be the only one that believes in it for a while until you hear someone else say it and that was just like oh that was amazing you realize it was yeah you know there, there was something really special happening there yeah and like these kids are so oh I I don't even know where to start with these kids like some of them like I mean dance for everyone sort of is a, a release of some sort and it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's a, a great way to express yourself and that's why I've always loved it like it's always my happy place I can always go into a class and come out feeling really amazing and I know that every dancer is sort of like that mm. and these kids like a couple of them have been like super you know like either anxious or um like we had one girl come in this is the most amazing story we just love this story like this one little girl came into us the first year um beautiful dancer and her mum came in with her to every rehearsal because she was like really anxious Mm. and um at the end of the year like at the end of the rehearsals like we sort of got to production week and she dropped her off at the theater and she was like oh she's she's just asked me if I can leave and she wants to stay by herself and she like was crying we were crying we were like oh my god oh, <laughs> like wow. this, this kid just like went in she had friends she was running around talking to people we were like wow that's so different from the kid that we saw walk in like yeah it was like amazing and I like hope that dance really helped her with that Oh, absolutely. And what a beautiful like um, space that you and the others have created so that someone feels so safe and so welcome and and so calm um, just to be themselves and to be free from any of the other stuff that is, you know, weighing them down and they're they're carrying, you know, carrying around with them. That's such um, such a beautiful thing that you've created. Yeah, and I, I really hope that it's like that too because, I mean, one of our biggest focuses, I mean, not until like last year, I must say, but um, at the moment is mental health and mm-hmm. promoting really good mental health amongst uh, young kids because mm-hmm. especially the area that we're from has not had a good run in the last few years in terms of uh, like mental health and suicide right. and all these sorts of things. And right. like, and I've felt the effects of it and uh, I just know that like there are so many kids who maybe just don't understand that what they're going through they can get help for or Mm. they can talk about and like I even last year um like I went through some stuff on my of my own and that's Mm. sort of where the full focus of okay mental health is really important came in because Mm. I just completely burnt myself out at the end of the like year and I was just like a mess and now I'm like really conscious about telling them all to like take breaks and hopefully being a good example with myself, giving myself breaks and all that sort of stuff because I know how much it impacts those kids and, like, it's so important that we're there for them and, you know, not just just dancing. There's so much more to it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. It's so much more holistic, I I guess, and it's it's great to hear from you that you are leading – I guess from from the front in in being one transparent about your own mental wellness and mm. being open about that because yeah the more we sort of hide it away then everyone else is like well no one else is talking about it so it mustn't be a thing for anybody else and yeah. I'm alone in these feelings but by really incorporating that into part of just those every single day conversations that's so important because you know we, we can't take it for granted that everybody has got someone at home and they get in the door at night to talk to or mm. um, you know that they have a really good friend that they can confide in or even that they've just learned to trust people yet um, 
you know, and to, to share those things with. So again, I, yeah, it's a really beautiful space that you're creating where people can, um, you know, share that. And, and also for you by leading by example and showing them that, you know, it happens to everybody. What do you do now to kind of stay on top of your mental wellness so that burnout and, and things like that don't happen again, I guess, um, especially when you've got a whole group of, you know, young, young artists looking to you for guidance and leadership Mm. example, how do you take care of yourself? Honestly, like I'm still so learning, like I'm literally Mm. 21. Um, and yeah, as I said, like it was like over a year ago now that I like just obviously just completely burnt myself out. Like just was overworked. Like at one point I was doing like three jobs. I had uni and I had spark, like it was crazy. And like now I'm just doing Spark as like my full-time work and Mm -hmm. like this other job on the side and Spark doesn't pay me money, but like it's just like, it's crazy. So I don't even know how I was doing that. And I like just like had a meltdown. Like I didn't want to do anything. I like lost passion for everything. Like it was pretty bad Mm -hmm. and like sort of still going, not going through it, but like still learning about myself. Like I'd Mm -hmm. say, so, I mean, at the moment, um, like I'm really big on like mindfulness, which mm-hmm. I never thought that I would be because I'm not the kind of person that can sit still and like meditate. Right. <laughs> and I always sort of laughed at it when people told me. And like now I found like the best app, the Headspace app is like yep. my favorite thing ever. Like, cause you can do meditations that last like three minutes. And for me, that's like, that's enough. Like that yep. gets me out of whatever Headspace I was in. Mm. And like they're guided and those sorts of things are really good for like, especially during like a show time. Like we're currently we're on tour with a dance work and like I at the last venue gave myself a dressing room and I was like, right, this is my space for no Mm -hmm. work. If I get overwhelmed, I'm going in here. No one's allowed to talk to me and I'm just going to like do some mindfulness. Like, (laughs) And like occasionally I did go in there and just like had a stretch or like had a sit down, like did some breathing. like, And it really just makes a difference, like giving yourself permission to actually do something nice for yourself like that. Right. I don't know. It's like a headspace you have to get yourself into. It takes a lot of practice. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, when you go through something like what you went through in the previous year and whether that happens at 20 or it happens at 40 or 60 or 80, when you go through something like that in terms of that sort of level of burnout or breakdown, you do come out a different person and you sort of have to relearn what works for you and what doesn't work for you and what doesn't serve you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and new things that you, you know, you have to learn um, to live without or things that you need to make sure that you get every single day or, or week to stay on on top of that for yourself first, but for, you know, those that you're supporting and, and working with as well. But I think you made a really good point there around permission. And, um, you know, I think there'll be a lot of people listening that are envious of you for learning such an important lesson at such a young age, because I think, um, there is a lot of pressure and I'm, I'm not just talking about women, but just in general for people to be busy and for everyone, you know, these, the, like, the word busy is so glorified and, and, um, you know, but Mm. what it also leans, you know, leans into is, is burnout and, um, Mm. you know, uh, this total unbalanced life. Um, Mm. but it's seen that, you know, when people are like, Oh, how are you? Are you busy? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm really busy. It's like that some sort of badge of honor. And it's like, well, it's actually not at all. Um, and to give yourself permission to go, no, it's actually like, it's a really quiet week this week. And I've made time for this and I've made time for that. It's such an important lesson because it only gets harder, you know, Mm. as you get, 
older and your body can't work the same way as it used to and you've got, you know, partners or families or businesses or whatever that might be by giving yourself permission to take that time out, you know, whatever that is, a stretch, a three-minute meditation, a swim in the ocean, a Mm. cup of tea on your own, like whatever that kind of self-care looks like for you, it's totally different Mm. for every single person. Yeah, it totally, like, I I think the word self-care gets used a lot, but some Mm. people don't really know what it means. Like, because for me, I, like, as I said, I cannot sit still. Like if I'm sitting just watching a movie on Netflix, like I will completely be so bored and want to do work again. Yeah. So like for me, that looks like doing multiple things at once that are just not related to my work or whatever I was trying to get away from. So like I actually bought myself a Nintendo Switch last year. Yeah, right. Like it sounds so weird because like I'm not really a gamer at all. Like I don't do this, but my brother like plays games and as a kid I loved games. I was like, you know what? That sounds like something that I could do to like get away from everything else because it's so immersive and for like you know a few minutes of a day you could be sitting there just I don't know playing Mario Kart or whatever yeah and like it's actually been so good and now I'm like talking about it I haven't done it in like weeks so I should really get back to doing it but like it's something like that and like uh you know other things that I've like the other day I was like oh try and go for a walk around the block with my dog and like listen to a mindfulness thing but for me that didn't work that actually made me more stressed Mm, (laughs) I don't know like everyone's so different and like um you know, like sometimes it'll be for me doing like my own sort of yoga type stretches, like dancing, mm-hmm. sort of strengthening stuff in my room while watching a movie while like doing something else. Like I have to keep myself busy in other ways. But for me, that's like fulfilling, you know, you always yeah. hear like you've got to fill up your own cup before you can fill someone else's. And I always remember that when I'm doing yeah. things like that. Well, that's it. And that's definitely why, you know, like I, um, I like to ask guests on the podcast that question because all of the people that are on the bold platform are people that are supporting some other members of the community, whether that be animals or the environment or a group of humans. And so they decided to dedicate, you know, 40 hours, four hours, whatever it is every week to somebody else, but they're, they're carers or they're givers and they're trying to help people. Um, and often, you know, you give so much to everything, to everybody else that there's not that much left for, for yourself, which I think it's why mm-hmm. it is so, so important. And you're right. Self-care is a word that does get bandied around a lot. And, you know, you scroll for Instagram and it's, I've talked about this with another um, girl that was on the podcast, Sam, you know, it's, it's bubble baths and, you know, all yep. the, I'm not saying bubble baths don't work. Trust me, if I had a bubble, like if I had a bath in my apartment, I would definitely use it. <laughs> I know I couldn't just sit there still like I'd be like right I need to exactly a podcast I need some sort of stimulation that isn't my business or it is in the podcast and think you know it sounds similar to you in that I need to be doing something some sort of other stimulation but just removed from my work or my you know your business yeah. or the the production company exactly yeah so important and like I'm still learning like I still have days where I'm like probably should have taken time out but didn't have time for lunch like you know like all those sorts of things but yeah, you just got to learn as you go. Do you find that you're noticing those um, kind of not triggers but like those warning signs to go, you're, you're kind of getting a bit revved up or you're getting a bit anxious or you're getting a bit um, burnt out or snappy or whatever it is for you? Are you finding that you're seeing them quicker than you have as you continue to learn about yourself? Yeah, I think so. Like I like for me though, I know that I, I work – sounds weird but I work best in chaos like yeah <laughs> so if there's like a time pressure or something like I will work really well and I'll be fine like 
I probably won't eat for the whole day, but I'll eat at the end of the day. And like, I know that that's just how my body will work. And like, so that's why I'm really good in like a show setting because like when you're doing a performance, everything is now, like it's Mm. not, you can't wait. Like everything has to be done now. You're like living in the moment, Mm. like everything's around you and it's happening as you're seeing it. Like I love that. So that works for me. And they are days where like my mental health is probably at its best. And Mm. then for me, like my probably triggers, I guess, is when I'm not doing much and I have a big gap between projects or I'm not organized myself. Like, and I sort of know like, okay, I've got to take extra care of myself today because I'm probably not going to be as happy as I am, you know, in theater or whatever. So it's actually those quieter times for you. Yeah. Like the opposite. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It's such a personal thing. So it was saying like, um, you know, feeling that kind of, um, overwhelm or, or burnout or whatever the, the word is for different people that that word that they use to identify those feelings, it's different for everybody else. And for some people, the chaos will be it. And for other people, the calmer, quieter times will be it. Cause it's kind of mm-hmm. like, well, I'm waiting for something, not, not something to go wrong, but you know, something mm. to happen and nothing's happening. So you've got more time, I guess, with your thoughts and things like that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. In terms of the last few years um, that you've been running Spark Production, what have been some of the the bigger challenges for you where, um, you know, you've needed to kind of rally extra people around you or, or you're not sure that, you know, this is still the path that you should be on? Oh, how much time have we got? (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. I actually, I always love hearing about other business owners, like, and not like their problems, but like, it just makes them seem more human, you know, when they have things that have gone wrong. Like, and there are just so many for me, like, oh my God, every day is like a challenge and a half. Mm. Like, let me give you an example. Like one time, um, the literal day before we moved into a theater, um, our conductor of, literally a 40 piece professional being paid orchestra, um, walked out of a rehearsal, um, <laughs> and oh. like basically quit like movie style. Like it was crazy. Oh, wow. That is <laughs> a nice so, mic drop moment. I know exactly. And like, I had my, um, orchestra manager, who's like my best friend. She was like on the phone to me and I was at the dance rehearsals when she was at the orchestra rehearsals and she's like my age and she was crying and we just had like no idea what to do. We were like, what the heck? Like, and we had to find a conductor in literally 12 hours <laughs> before we bumped into the next, like into the theater. And we did find someone, but oh my God, that was the most intense few hours. Like it was crazy. Oh gosh. But like, oh, and even just like, um, oh my God, we always have, there's always some sort of problem at Spark. It's just, we have like a motto that's like, everything's fine. It's like our thing. Cause usually yeah. no, it's not fine, but like, <laughs> you know, <The> irony. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, usually our problems are, like money related because I'm going to be honest, I'm like not a good spender of money. Like I don't tend to think about money before I say yes to things. Right. And like, or I won't have a good concept of how much it's going to cost versus how much we're going to probably profit from it, <laughs> which uh, is not good for a business okay. person. Yeah. But uh, yeah. How does your mum feel about that? <laughs> she, exactly. She doesn't sleep. No. Yeah. Um, hi mom. <laughs> oh God. But like, I mean, a lot of our problems have come from like literally just being like, oh God, we thought we were going to have this funding from this grant and now we don't, what are we going to do? And like having to call up businesses and being like, oh, would you like to donate last minute? Or, you know, having to do like a sort of crowdfunding thing to get money or something like that. Like we always have moments where that's happening. Um, And then like, oh, another classic spark moment. (laughs) We had... um, (laughs) Spark moment. They've got their own little (laughs) phrase now. We had, yeah, we had... um, 
our first, it was our very first show and we have this awesome, they're awesome, they're called Backlight. They're our awesome sound and lighting company mm-hmm. and literally they're our saviors. But the first year we were going to have like um, like a fake snow machine because oh, like yeah. it's the Nutcracker so you have like mm. a snowflake scene. Mm. And so we had that already and then like the day of the show they were like, oh, so the snow machines actually come back broken so we actually don't have that and we were like so devastated because we were like oh that's gonna be like the best moment and so like the literal hour before the show I had every kid backstage chopping up pieces of paper like literally hand cutting and like we um you can do this thing in the theater where you like attach like we had like a tarp or something and we put holes in it and you attach it to two like bars that are like flown above the stage and then like one of them moves and it drops like snow through the hole. Oh yeah. And so we made one of those like a super last minute. Like it was the funniest. Oh my God. And like it was just chaotic. But like you just gotta do stuff that, you know, gets the job done sometimes. Right. Like Yeah. <laughs> and it, like you can hear you're laughing about it now. I'm sure you weren't in that moment. But you know, as exactly. long as you can look back and go, you know what, we all pulled together. We had a laugh. Exactly. We got there in the end. Yeah, must go on. Exactly, and like I haven't always had everything work out either. Like we've had to, you know, cancel some events and Mm. um, cancel things that we've done. And I like I hate canceling things. Like it always makes me feel like, oh, it's my fault. Like I stuffed it up, you know. But um, like for example, we tried to do on International Women's Day like a girls' night, and it was Mm -hmm. like a we had like we had even a couple speakers coming in. Like we had organized all these like like gifts and stuff like I went and bought like 20 yoga mats from Kmart to give as presents like from my own money and then like on like the day before we just did not have the ticket sales and and like none of our kids were available to do it and it was just like bad timing obviously and like we had to cancel and I was like devastated for like the next two days (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you know things like that happen and you just kind of have to deal with it and like it sucks when it's happening but you just got to get through it. And, and know, it always to... seems like worse from the inside, doesn't it? Oh, like yeah, in terms for sure. of inside the company, you kind of feel like, oh, well, you know, what could, what, why did this happen? And why, you know, a, exactly. You know, do people not want to come and, and support us? And you know, all yeah. those sort of thoughts run through your, your head. And when, as, you know, as we touched on before, most people from the outside looking in probably wouldn't even exactly you know, notice. Yeah. And it's so hard because if you're like the owner of a business or a nonprofit or whatever, like you're always just seeing it as like, well, not always, but it's, you know, it's sort of a reflection of you in your head. Yeah. Like you're, well, you're sort of like. at it from a different angle. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like your baby, like, but mm. then, you know, and I find that so frustrating when other people can stand there and be like, oh, it's not a big deal. You know, it's just this. And you're like, yeah. but it's my baby. This like, is my whole life. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you need those people to just say it and let it sit with you for a bit. And then, you know, you can process through what happened and get through yeah. it easier. So maybe just not once you've just announced that it's going to be cancelled <laughs> or you yeah, exactly walked out of the building. Maybe not then. <laughs> exactly. Oh, On the flip side, what about like the best moments where you have, you know, felt the proudest of yourself and what you've created or you thought, you know what, if this all ends tomorrow, I'm going to be pretty happy with how this has has happened? You know, I actually had one of those moments just the other day. Like, um, so because we're on tour with Ariadne, our show, and it's a story about a minotaur and a labyrinth and it's like a Greek mythology story. Mm-hmm. And like I loved the story, and and I'm part Greek, so my papu was like the one that told me the whole story, and oh, wow. um, like he loves telling us stories from Greek mythology. And I actually went to Greece last year with my brother and sister, and 
like just me, my brother and sister and my pop. And we sort of went all over Greece and he was showing us all the places from this myth of Theseus and the Minotaur and he loved it. And, and so I was like, yep, yeah, okay, we're going to turn this into a dance work. How do we yeah, do this? Yeah. And like put that together and we premiered it last year. And there's always like when you're an artist or, you know, doing something that you're where you're creating something, there's always like a sense of like, it's not quite done yet mm-hmm. and and it's sort of like you're always searching for it to be complete which is obviously never going to happen because perfection is just non-existent yeah and like and i've never had that feeling of like okay this is done here it is as much as it's going to be done like take it world here it is and like we did our show the other night and we were at bundle place which is in nary warren in victoria and it's the most beautiful theater and we actually added a couple of elements for the show this time. Like we added a, a white floor, which is like really exciting if you're a dancer. Yeah, <laughs> and right. like we had white curtains and this beautiful white set, which we already had used. And like the set just looked like incredible. Like I couldn't believe that we had actually done, like that was my show. Like I just couldn't mm. believe it. And then when we did the show, everything just looked amazing like I was just standing on the side of the stage like oh my god like we've done this like this is crazy and like the kids looked so professional and they were all working so hard and the lighting was just beautiful like and yeah it was that moment of standing there being like oh my gosh I'm so proud of this like this work as it is right now this is it like I'm I'm proud of this and how it is right now and I'm sure there's probably things that I'd fix but like you know that's this is what I'm proud of right now yeah and like it meant so much to me too because my um my grandmother which is Yaya in Greek Mm -hmm. she um she passed away a few years ago and she like her and my papu's dream was like always to take me to Greece and like with them and see Greece Mm -hmm. and like I so regretted not doing it before she passed away and like I've hated that ever since then because it was literally like she'd tell me every day like oh when are we going to Greece when are we going yeah and like I always put it off and so like last year when we went to Greece, it was sort of like doing this for you. And yeah. you know, when we did the when we did this dance work, it was definitely for her and for my pop. And yeah. um the whole show has like feeling like has an undertone of like mental health in it as well. And um like it's literally all about this this girl who has to stand up and believe in herself and she has all these things happen to her and she gets back up anyway. Mm. And it felt like I was putting a lot of my story into that story, like where whether it was like subconsciously or some of it consciously, like with my Greek heritage, like it just feels like this work is very much like has got my heart in it. And yeah, yeah that's probably the thing I'm most proud of is our oh, recent Absolutely. One. Yeah. That, what a beautiful um, experience to have that with your family to share and then to be able to incorporate, um, you know, your yaya into, into that mm-hmm. show, although she, you know, she would have been watching from wherever she is, you know, and mm-hmm totally a part of that night with you and your family. Um, mm. and what a beautiful way to honour her and, and your heritage as well. Mm, yeah, it was pretty special. Yeah, <laughs> and it's absolutely. special to share that with the kids too because, like, you know, it's sort of, again, like a way of me saying something without actually having to say it. And yeah. a lot of the mental health themes in there as well are so relevant for the kids that are mm. in it because they're all teenagers and, like, that having that conversation as well through the dance like we had a little gathering in one of the dressing rooms just before we went on stage and Mm -hmm. like I was talking about what the work means and you know to keep that in them when they're dancing it and like I was crying my eyes out like talking about like you know mental health and um all that sort of stuff and like 
yeah, I think it's it's pretty special work to us now, I think. Yeah, and it comes, you know, really full circle back to that moment that you had in Wakakiri because it's one mm-hmm. thing that, you know, I definitely remember about watching my nieces performing that is that, yeah, all the stories really had a message. It was more than just you know, fun dance with some fun music and some fun costumes, you know, there really were some very strong themes and some strong messages in some of those dances. So you can see how that thread is, you know, staying with you that whole time where it's not just about the performance, but it's actually about the message for yourself and for mm. the the artist, but also for the, the members of the public that come and come and watch those shows. Exactly. Yeah. I love that about art. I think anyone who creates art, like that's, that's why you do it, you know, so you can talk to someone in a way that's not maybe talking, you know, that's like a different way. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned um, before that you're on tour at the moment. So Mm -hmm. what, um, you know, is that, I guess the biggest thing that's on your radar at the moment, like what other things are you excited about when it comes to, you know, both your work life and and your, your personal life as well, or they probably mold sort of into (laughs) one, I guess. (laughs) It's all one at the moment. Yeah. but basically, yeah, so we're on tour, um, which basically means, I mean, it's not its not like a huge tour, but we've gone to four different venues across Victoria yep. wow. um, and we've taken this dance work with us and we've got our 24 kids um, and then we've also got a 45-piece orchestra touring with us. Um, and so we've performed that, which has been absolutely crazy. Mm. Um, and so for the rest of the year, we're actually creating a new dance work, like a new full-length work, which wow. is a another huge undertaking yeah. um, but similar ideas so we have like the kids are in charge of the creation of it and um, we have an orchestra as well and this time actually we've got a young person um, actually composing the music for the show a full oh, like wow. 90 minutes of music yeah so like it's an original story everything's original it's very exciting yeah and so when will that be on so that's on in September it's like late mm-hmm. September okay um, it's at the Frankston Arts Centre if you're in Victoria around then. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. And we'll pop all that information um, in the show notes and that'll be on your website too, won't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Amazing. If there's someone listening that's thinking, um, you know, maybe they would like to start to think or they've been thinking about maybe starting their own business or their own community-focused project or, or not non-profit um or they've already got the idea and they're not really sure what to start is there any sort of um advice that you would give them or something that somebody has you know people have said to you along the way that really still sticks with you that you would then impart on to you know somebody else that was maybe thinking of going down a similar path hmm. um there's lots of things I'd probably tell those people but I reckon I mean especially like as a young female in this sort of world sometimes it can be really hard to be heard Mm -hmm. and I think something really important not just for females like for anyone going into this sort of thing is to make sure that you know as much as bias as you're getting told like make sure that you still have your own voice and your own feeling and you know you don't lose that amongst everyone else's voice Mm -hmm. and you know you don't go with what your competitors are doing and you don't focus on that like just keep doing what you're doing because it's so unique And, you know, for a while, like I was trying to be other people. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, and like, I've just realized that people like me for what I am by myself, not just, Mm -hmm. you know, not pretending to be something else or not doing work that other people are doing. They genuinely like what I have to bring. And I think that's so important to keep in mind is to, 
just be yourself, be what, you know, you obviously had an idea to start a business in the first place. You have the drive to make that happen. Mm. Just stick with that and don't, don't mold to what everybody else is saying to do. Cause I think that's generally where you won't work as well as you could be, you know? Yeah. Cause you're just pretending to be or, or, exactly. or trying to mimic something that's one already out there. And that's not actually the genuine authentic you. It's obviously a lot easier to, to mm. play yourself than to play another character. Mm-hmm. And also like another more practical thing <laughs> is to make sure that if you're a nonprofit specifically, mm-hmm. make sure that you have your funding kind of planned because for me, I'm not really a planner. I sort mm-hmm. of do stuff mm-hmm. and like to have a full plan would have been the best thing that I could have done for me before starting. Like definitely make sure that you have somebody on board as well. that's going to help you actually fund what you're about to do because there's always like so many you know, costs that you don't think about and things that come out of nowhere where you're like, oh God, how am I going to pay for that? Like, um, I, I'd say be a planner and, and, you know, make a list of what you have to do and sort of always be on top of this, especially fundraising as a nonprofit. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it's so hard to get funding. Yeah. yeah. And if it's not, and if that's not your strong suit or if it's not the way that y- your brain kind of operates, make sure you've got someone alongside you or that you can call on to yeah. help with those things, right. In terms of the planning or the detail yeah. or the logistics, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need you need sort of like true halves to like a business. You need like, yeah. which I mean, sometimes I haven't had and I've felt the effects of that, of not having yes. like that more practical, logical person, which yeah. I'm not. I'm more of the emotional, like dreamer type person. Mm. And like I'm the big picture kind of person who will come up with this idea and go, okay, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. Here's yeah. all the things that I need help with to make it happen. You guys do that, you know. Over to you, Alicia. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll be laughing if she's listening to it. She's like my mum. It's amazing. But <laughs> she's well, like, that's what you need. Like we're all do. not. Like we're all not a specialist in every single area. But if you know yeah. what your lane is, and you can find someone who's willing to run alongside you in their lane, like that's yeah. a perfect collaboration and perfect um, mm. joining of two people's strong suits. Instead of you getting bogged down in all that stuff, that it's just not the way your brain works, and it's not why you got into business. But yeah. you know, for someone, you know, the Alicia's like- of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Self-awareness to know that too. Like yes. To know, okay, I know I'm not good at this. I'm going to get somebody else to do it. Or I know I'm not very good at this. Maybe I should do this instead. Like yeah. that's really important. And just being able to ask for help, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Not, someone that, not something yeah. that us that us ladies are that great at always. Yeah. And men as well. But yeah, I think ladies kind of think, oh, well, I've just got to do this and I've got to add that to my plate as well and this and this and, you know. Mm. The not, art of delegating no. is something that's underestimated. <laughs> I'm not very good at it, but it's a real skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Hey, Alex, if people want to learn a bit more about you, where is the best place for them um, to find out about what you do and more about your story and upcoming shows that you have? Honestly, best place would probably be either our Instagram at yep. Spark Youth Dance or mm-hmm. our Facebook page, which is Spark Productions Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can go to our website, which is sparkyouthdance.com.au. Okay, awesome. Well, I'll pop all of that um, information in 
the show notes. Thank you so much for coming um, and chatting with with us and, and responding to um, my request to chat with you a little bit more. As Alex mentioned, you can find more about uh, more information about Spark Productions via their website, which is sparkyouthdance.com.au or their Facebook um, or their Instagram page. And as she mentioned, they've got that beautiful show, um, which is totally um, a brand new story that they've created coming up in September. So if you live in Victoria or you're going to be in Victoria at that time, please go and check it out and support um, the beautiful work that they're that they're doing and, and support the messages that Alex is trying to um, spread throughout not only her artists but also their community there in in Victoria and and beyond. Um, Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Bold Platform. We'll be back next week with another story. Um, A really great way to help support the platform and get um, stories like Alex's out there more is to um, rate the podcast or leave a review if you feel comfortable doing so. That is how a lot of the platforms work in terms of suggesting this podcast to other people, which, as I said, will help to get stories like Alex and our previous guest story out there. Um, So if you've got a spare minute, we would really appreciate that. As always, you can find out more about The Bold Platform at our website, which is theboldplatform.com.au. And we are also um, on Instagram and Facebook at The Bold Platform. So thank you so much for listening to this episode and taking some time out of your day to support Alex's story and the beautiful work that she's doing. Alex, thank you so much for coming on The Bold Platform and, and sharing a bit about Spark Productions with us. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm.